0: We're gonna. You guys don't know. We're gonna start a new series. Once a year, or twice a year, we go. Through, we try to go through at least one book of the Bible. And this, the book we chose in this for this spring, is called is um, the Book of Ephesians. Now, there's only two books that make me scream and shout. First Samuel, because David's just a crazy man with Goliath. We can dig words out there and get you going. But Ephesians, I love Ephesians because it's an it's a epistle, which is a letter to the church. And the apostle Paul wrote this. They're saying, so he'd been there three times while he was in prison. If you look in Acts 20, they say he wrote this letter. It's a circular letter to all the churches in the church of Ephesus. And it's such a magnificent letter because what it was showing about two things, power and position. Power and in position. One thing about it with Ephesians, it reminds you, because sometimes we forget. How many forget who you are in Jesus? It will remind you of who you are in Christ, and it reminds the church of who they are in Christ. And it will be more powerful than we ever know. He takes three chapters to give you the doctrine of it, and he gives you this from one to three, and four to, four to six, he gives you the practical, what that looks like being walked out. And it's an amazing letter that he penned. If you ever look at the book of Colossians, it's similar, but really Ephesians just stands alone. It's amazing. And what we're going to do is actually start in chapter 1. I call this series called Origins, Origins, which comes from the original word original, which means the first stage of any existence, the very beginning. Because what it is, the central message of Ephesians is this. It's the recreation of the human family according to God's original intention for it. The, the key words are recreation. We were created by heavenly God. We were created in sin. Jesus came, died on the cross, and those who gave their life was recreated in Christ Jesus. Back to the original intent that God had planned in the first place. Two themes when you look at the book of Ephesians. Christ, it says this. Christ says, reconcile all creation to himself and has united people from all, everyone say all nations. To himself and to one another in his church. He talks about the universal church, people from all nations coming together and celebrating God, those who are reconciled. That's amazing. It's not that one type of people, it's everybody, which gets me so excited about this book. When you look at Grace Point Church, we're people from all different nations, all different backgrounds, all socioeconomically different. But I tell you what, we have one thing in common our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ who planned it from way from the beginning. Biblical scholars call the Ephesians the crown and the climax of Paul's theology. Because again, it revolves around two subjects. And I, missed the, I made the mistake on the first one. This one is this. Power and identity. Power and identity. Now some of the guys said they wrote this about 60 to 62 A.D., And what we're going to do is go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. And Ephesians chapter 1 gives you a whole blueprint of what the rest of the book is about. And I love it. Before I take it, I'm going to give you a little history of why Paul chose Ephesus to have his church. He wrote this letter in Ephesus in order to unify the believers in love and help them understand their role in Christ. Now, this was the capital of the province of Asia. Today, how many know Turkey? It's part of Turkey today. Located in the intersection between major trade routes. It was a vital commercial center for those coming in to trade. And those will come in. It was a place, another place, it was a show place for the goddess of Diana. They had a big temple. We would call that today Six Flags. A big attraction of Diana, the fertility the goddess. And people from all places, because the Roman Trade Center was in Ephesus. So people would come in, get the deposit, and go out. That's amazing, like Abilene, Texas. Sometimes we have people for three years, sometimes we have them for four years, but they receive a deposit and they go out. And they change the world. So they knew Paul, when he planted that church there, he knew exactly what he was doing because he build Christianity there, but also whatever they learned there would take it to another place. I love I a like about the military. People stay here three or four years. They receive Jesus. Then you get a letter from them. They're actually doing something great in another city because the deposit was here. And that's what Paul. He was strategic in that whenever he looked at a church plant, because there was a major missionary center where the gospel was preached, and those who stayed ministered. Now I mean, beloved, remember the letter Timothy, young Timothy. Timothy became his pastor of that church. Paul was there one time after three years, and he had his trouble because how many know wherever there's godlessness and you put God in it, and godlessness can be very good for your finances. When Paul would preach in Ephesus and all those guys were making money off the temple, say Six Flags, and then the people who were running the temple get converted we're not making any more money. So let's beat up these Christians and get them out of here. They're bad for business. And this was the place, if you look in Acts chapter 19, you're talking about Paul's travels. Paul did this. He would go first journey, plant some churches, second journey, encourage them, and sometime on his third visit, he would stay there. That's what he did with Ephesus. So let's go to Ephesus chapter 1. I gave you some history because I want you to see the strategic thing when God plants a church or plants a work inside of, of a city because there's so many things about a city people don't recognize, but God sees His as opportunity. Sometimes we'll say no one sticks around, but God sees it as a place. I can plant something great here and I can spread it out all around the world. So it's like a virus. You plant a virus, it'll go. This one says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Everybody says saints. That means he's talking to the church. Saints of the Holy One. Now, everyone say in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Okay, now, how many, you're going to see how many times we say in Christ in this letter. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, everybody say in Christ, in Christ. with some spiritual blessings. Someone said all? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, when we read this sometime, your mind can go this way and say, well, really? Because I don't see the money in the bank. I don't see the bling. I don't see, and he's talking about spiritual blessings. And I'm going to ram them off to you as we go down to scripture. In the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which has blessed us in the beloved, that's Christ. In him, again, we have redemption through his grace, which which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to the purpose which he set forth, hear that word again, in Christ, and I missed that one. That means it's nine times it's mentioned in there. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. A key word that we see in here is in Christ. Whenever you do a Bible study, you look at the major emphasis, and some words are often repeated. In the whole book of Ephesians, in Christ is mentioned 27 times. In this first chapter, is mentioned, I just meant nine times. From 12, Verses 1 through 12, is mentioned nine times. So the emphasis of today is we're in Christ. Now, the word in is a Greek word, It's a positional word. It's a positional word. I'm going to give you a little theology. It says that we're in Christ, seated in heavenly places. How many agree with that? Spiritually, we are. The spiritual blessings we have, we're redeemed. How many are happy we're redeemed? How many are happy that I'm not going to get into theology of predestination, and I'm not going to talk about election. You can read that in your own. But those are some of the spiritual blessings. But in Christ, we're in heavenly places. Now, you might not feel like you are, but you are if you're in Christ. Give you an example. We have the president of the United States. He's, and we think about the president in the Oval Office. When he leaves the Oval Office and goes to China or goes anywhere else, though we have an executive chair who elect him as president, he's still the president of the United States. He doesn't have to sit there to be president. He is the president. Now, when you're in Christ, you can be going through all type of circumstances. Everything seems to be going wrong in your life, but you're still in Christ, seated in heavenly places, far above all those circumstances. That's what I like about this book. Wherever I'm at, and I feel like, man, this has been a rough week, I have to go to this book. And I highlight again, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Because I, that, spiritually, that's where I'm at. Naturally, I'm here. But really, I'm with Christ in heavenly places, seated with him. That's protection. It really is. And sometimes when you're going through so much, you need to remember that one. I'm in Christ. Now, this book, I'm going to go through a certain couple things here. Now, this book, we can spend 20 weeks on it. But I'm going to encourage you to go home today and read chapter 1, what God speaks to you, how he speaks to you, okay? Because what I do when I want to preach, I want you guys to change. I want God to change your hearts and your minds. So when you come this series, bring your Bible, bring a pad, because if you think you can remember all this, that means you just listen to what I just said, and that's it. And please don't, because I can miss it. And I tell Joshua all the time, hey, take that out, because that was not biblical, what I said, or this was not in the scripture. I got the scriptures wrong. But I want you to read for yourself, because every time you read a book, God will show something to you that's amazing. So when we look at our position, it has nothing to do with what we get out of it, guys. It's about what we can do with it. Not get out of it what we can do with it. Because when you read the book, you say, the sovereignty of God. You see his plan? He predestined us. He did this, his glorious riches. I love that part about the glorious riches because it's like he blesses us through his riches, not of abundance of his riches. Give you an example. If you have a millionaire sitting downtown in City Hall, he gives you $10. He's giving you above and beyond his abundance. With Christ, he's sitting downtown Give him million dollar checks because it's out of his riches. And you see he's sovereign, so why I don't have to do anything? He's got all no, because there's a thing called man's responsibility. We're responsible for what we learn. Aren't we? That's why every you leave church, you're more in debt to the truth. It's man's responsibility. And it's not about getting, it's about doing something with it. And it's really becoming a people of God and reflecting God's glory to a lost world. And I'll talk about that. Now, there's two main phrases in chapter 1 I wrote down. First one is, holy and blameless before him and to the praise of his glory. Homely and blameless before him and to the praise of his glory. Let's look at holy and blameless before him. Let's go to verse 4. Even as he chose us, everyone say in him, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. That means our God had a plan. Though we fell, he had a plan of redemption. Now, here's what gets you. Because every writer you look at, they'll say, oh, my gosh. You mean before the foundations of the earth? mean before the earth was formed? He was thinking about me? Yes. Wow. Some writers said, well, it had to be between it. No, 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 no. The real English in this and the real Greek in this, before anything. When you read Genesis 1, before then. Well, God, there was nothing. There was formless. His mind wasn't. His mind was on you. He knew Adam and Eve? Yes. He had a plan? Yes. I love a God that thinks ahead. <laughs> Eternity. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. This is the thing we teach in um, Newcomers class. I always ask the class, especially if you know Jesus Christ, "Are you holy and blameless?" And I, and people, um, they give the answer off their current position or they, where they think they are. They'll say, "No." Why not? Didn't Jesus die on the cross for the sins that we committed and the sins we will commit to bring us in the right relationship with Jesus? And didn't you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Well, if you did that, he's not going to look upon you as garbage or tainted. He says you're holy and you're blameless before who? Him. Not before people, before him. That's amazing. That's love. That's grace. Chose us. So you can say, I'm chosen? Yeah. Well, they said that was an accident. Sorry, they're lying. You're chosen. Chosen? That gets you going. That's why I get excited. When you, how many don't feel like they're chosen today? If you didn't Christ, it's not about feelings. It's about the truth. Chosen before the foundation of the earth. It's amazing. It gets me going. All I got to get through this. Holy means this. Moral purity. Here's what blameless means. Freedom from the guilt of trespasses and sin. Nothing worse coming to church on Sunday morning, singing some nice songs and feeling guilty. And feeling like, I'm not worthy. And, Oh, I yelled at the kids yesterday. Did you repent? Yes. But that's, well, see what I'm saying? Why be freedom from guilt every day? You didn't have a right thought, and and they come back, oh, you're a Christian. You're supposed to have all the right thoughts. You're not supposed to think that way. You can't think about taking a bat and hitting them in the head with it. I repent, Lord. I'm human. And y'all act like, no, we're so perfect. We always, you're lying. Anyway, that's a sin. <laughs> Only in blameless for him. I love that. Scripture will help you out. Romans 5, 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made what? Christ. Will be made what? Christ. Be we made what? Christ. If you're in Christ, you're what? Ephesians is one of the hardest things to preach on identity because we live in a world today that we have talk shows that everybody wants to talk about their failures, and it's everyone else's fault. No one wants to believe that they're holy and blameless, and God has got their back, and they're covered. You don't know where I've come from. Of course, Jesus died for you. That's why he knew where you came from. You don't know how they, they talk. To. It doesn't matter what they say. It's all about what God says about you. In this passage, the Ephesians passage, the same passage with Romans 5.19, Ephesians passage, is the same. All the while throughout history, throughout history, think about it. Throughout history, God has been building a people unto himself to do what? To live holy and blameless before him. He was building this thing while we were having a great time. He already knew. That's what I love about the Bible. It's all about redeeming and bringing us back. And when you know where you, where you stand, you'll stand more confident. And you know where your identity is, you'll know exactly what to do. And it's amazing. And it's nothing about being prideful, it's about being truthful. Living in holy and blameless provides, proves authenticity. Because at any length of time, If you're motivated by trying to do right stuff, it won't last unless you're doing it out of the love of God. Unless you're doing it out of the love of God, then it will be authentic because people want to see how many people want to see what's real. They read the same Bible you do in the hotels and everything else, but they want to see it in a person. They are loving God and living holy and blameless and saying, yes, this is going to be okay. That's what they want to see. And he can see that. Now, we remember who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. I'll give you an example about the love. Is a guy was having a problem smoking marijuana and wanted to give his life up. Didn't want to give his life to Jesus because he thought he could not get rid of the marijuana. And one of the pastors came up and said, don't worry about the marijuana. Worry about loving God. And then watch the marijuana fade away. It's not about the dudes and those trying to remove something and get it back in. Some of us, we've been born again two weeks, two weeks, three months, whatever, and still have some issues in your life. Love God more and watch that fade away. Yeah. Everyone coming, you think they gave their life to Jesus? They, I'm perfect now. I don't think so. There's a past that you have to deal with. But if the more you love God, the more it will fade away. The more you try to stop and pull stuff out of the water, you're going to fail at it because you get frustrated because you're going to fail yourself. We had one great person that was on TV when she decided she wanted to lose weight. Couldn't lose weight. She said the most, most telling thing in all the years on television. She said, I disappointed myself. Of course you will. Without God, you can't do nothing. You're trying to do this on your own? It won't work. Love God and watch that marijuana fade away. They're leaders. In a church right now, leading hundreds of people, because they focus on the love of God, not on the stuff. That's what I like about this. You focus on God. You're worried about a job or something. Focus on the love of God and let him line everything up. Why? Because at the end of the day, it's not about us. And what it is, when you focus on the love of God, we might praise God. His glorious grace, because you can only say only God did this. Which takes me to my next point, to the praise of his glory, verse 12. So that we were, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ may be to the praise of his glory. You know, at the end of the day, it's not about us. Isaiah forty three seven says this: Everyone who's called by my name, who I created for whose glory, my glory, whom I formed and made. You're saying, Pastor, Rich, how do I glorify God? Now, there's an old Presbyterian catechism, which is what we say a principle, it's a fancy word for principle, that captures it best on how to glorify God. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, if you know about John Piper, <laughs> I love his books. He's a straight shooter. In his book, Desiring God," he wrote about this. He put this, he touched on it, an important point. He says, our ability to do, ability to do really and truly glorify God has to be linked to our ability, ability to enjoy Him." Because you cannot really glorify something you don't really enjoy. See, it's not about life, about do's and don'ts. It's about the love of God and enjoying Him. When's the last time where you enjoyed God? It's like someone asked me, if you asked me about me and Miss Donna's marriage, how's your marriage going? Well, you know, gotta take the trash out every night. Don't take out the trash, man. (laughs) I'm in trouble. Got to cut the grass every two weeks. If I don't, you know, she might throw me out. Then I might die. And, and you'll say, man, what kind of marriage is that? Versus, and I'm trying hard the do's and don'ts. Don't do this. Cut the grass. Do all that. Do all that. And I'm not trying to love God at all. It says, when I love God, I enjoy him. So everything I'm doing, here's the thing, everything I'm doing is only by God's grace, which tells me I can celebrate him every single day because the breath is good the last time I checked. I'm like, God, you took me from here to here. Wow. And I'm doing things in the kingdom of God. I'm doing things for my family. I'm doing things in my work. I'm driving down the street because I love God so much that I don't care about the do's and don'ts. He actually gives me strength not to do the, the don'ts. And in my car, you can celebrate, because can I tell you something? That's what is attractive. How many met those Christians that had the Bible, and they're at work, first they're not doing anything, <laughs> and they're working, they're reading it, and nothing's getting done, and you're telling, hey, can you just go ahead and, and do some work? You're, you're persecuting me. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with I don't want none of that. <laughs> you want some? What is the reason for your hope, man? God, dude. Really? Really? Because did nothing else. That's what I like about this book. That's what it talks to me. I said, whenever there's something seemed to be going wrong, I said, well, God, you orchestrated it, you shall fix it, and I'll do whatever you tell me to do, because you're just totally awesome. And I pray every day, Now, since they've been changing the streets and getting off the highway, and no one knows if they're going up this way or going down that way, and I praise God every time someone doesn't, doesn't hit me, and I don't hit them. Because it's not about the do's and don'ts. It's about loving him and enjoying him, you know, Brother, how you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm just walking with God, trying to, you know, trying to be faithful. What? Whenever you hear someone working so hard for God, they lost their enjoyment of God. Trying to have a good marriage, you shouldn't be trying hard. You should be giving it to God. Let Him do it. See the difference. To enjoy something again, life has gotten kind of hard, hasn't it? And we can fall prey to that. But really, it's not about positive mental thinking. It's about knowing a God that we love and we serve. Now, here's the thing about Ephesians. With all I just said, holy and blameless before him, to be the glory can only be caught through a revelation. I can't even talk you into it because your problems will talk you out of it. So what I want to do, I want to pray. Because at the end of the book, there's a prayer, what we call apostolic prayer of revelation. Verses 17 and 19. That for this series, this series, as you go home this week, and here's your assignment. What way can I enjoy God this week? What can I do to enjoy God this week at my workplace, wherever I'm at? What am I going to have? I might just bust out laughing. I don't know why. Every time I get up in the morning, I hear my bones crack. I have to laugh. He <laughs> said, you're getting older, Rich. You're getting older. And I said, that's good, God, because I'm still going to eat chocolate. So <laughs> word. That's it. That's word, man. Ephesians 19. No, just kidding. And pray that revelation. Not enjoy fleeting things. Things that will fade away. Jobs will fade away. Clothes will go in. They go in style. Y'all always compliment me on old stuff. Because I just watch it go back in style. And y'all spending all your money on that. It can only be a revelation can't be information on this series. It's a revelation of who God says I am. In him, I'm in heavenly places. I am holy and blameless before him. To praise his glorious grace and his love. And that's, here's the thing, I talked about the president. He can become an ex-president former president but for us once you're a saint there's no former saints you're it and you know, when you know who you are you start to live to the level that you should live to and that's what God was saying you are people of God walk like you people of God laugh like you're people of God cry like you're people of God enjoy yourself like this people of God do all things well have fun Because I've freely given you all things to play around with, to have fun with, to love your family with. Man, fantastic. Because without him, I couldn't even breathe. I can't even stand here. That's the thing you have to realize when you look at this this book. It gives us back to the original intent of man to love God and glorify him forever. While we pray. Father, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having our eyes of our hearts enlightened, that we may know what is the hope to which He has called us, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in us, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power taught us who believe according to the working of his great might. And we ask this, Father, for everyone here in Jesus' name, God. We're not here to survive. We're here to thrive because we have a thriving God, a loving God, a graceful God. Father, I pray right now Ephesians 5.18 that you will fill us with your amazing spirit, God. Those who are worried, fill us with your hope. Fill us with your joy. Let us enjoy life again because we enjoy you first. We thank you today, God. We praise you, Lord God. Fill us, Lord, with by your spirit. Fill us, my Lord, I pray. And I thank you, Lord, that our heart is to please you. And we want to reflect your glory, whether we're driving in a car, shopping in a grocery store, or it doesn't matter where we are. We want to do two things. We want to know two things. We know it already. We're holy and blameless before you. And to the praise of your glory, that we'll glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And everyone say, amen. amen and amen. Come on, give a Lord a hand, clap somebody. <laughs> now, chapter one, I get really excited. The chapter two is even crazier because I want you to go home. One of two things this week. Write it down in your Bibles this day. How can I enjoy God better? Number two, read the book of Ephesians chapter one and let God reveal what he wants to say out of it. Because the scripture, like, people say, I, you should have talked about this. The book is loaded. But I want to hear what God says he wants to say to you. And then he'll talk corporately and he'll talk to you each and every one of you individually. Amen? All right, what we're going to do, we got a couple things we want to do before we close. And again, this has been a day of... Receiving and sending, and we are going to do this right now. Did my wife leave? She left? She split on me. All right. She's ready to go. She's all right. What we want to do today is we have some very special people leaving to go back to North Carolina, and everyone knows, and they've been here for eight, seven years. And I remember sitting in the office, I wrote it down. Two years today, you said she wanted to go they wanted to go back home. I really honor them. We want to honor them today and pray them out. They're going back home. I know Pastor Sammy's mom, he's going to be with his mom. But what I really enjoy, what I learned about them as a person and as a pastor was their love for family is incredible. How many have families you can only take for one hour? They don't look at it that way. Family is everything to them. And that should be, and that's amazing. Once you guys come out, we want to pray them, uh, pray for them as they depart out and Ms. Donna come out. Um, We want to have, uh, can you go get Elder Mark? Thank you. And if you don't know, again, they've been here faithful. They came here in seven years. I can't count now. And from North Carolina and done amazing work. Anything they have, you guys been a part of their life group, had the best food in town and the best love in town. Wasn't about the food; it's about how much they loved you. And they've been working in our youth. Sammy's done a great work in our in our um, worship team, and you've seen the team that he's developed. And he leaves us in good hands. He's built up a great team in our youth that we have people going to be helping out. And um, but again, as we sow out our best, God always has something coming in. And, but I know they had a heart to go home. And um, and it's, good. it's different when you say I'm going somewhere, but they say I'm going home. That's where home is in North Carolina, and um, we're so blessed to have them for uh, seven years, and they poured their lives. It wasn't they just came here. I'm only here for a little while. They poured everything they had in this place, and a lot of you guys are here because of them, and I understand that. Can we just give them a round of applause as we pray? (laughs) Y'all stand. Come on. Give them a standing ovation. Make them cry. elder mark coming up we're going to pray and today at three o'clock we're going to have a reception for them down in the, in the church come on by just to say bye we have something we want to give them and bless them with and then got some things that you can do too so come on out three o'clock from three to five and it's going to be amazing uh we're short on elders today if you didn't know one of our elders is in the hospital right now and uh, we're praying for him and uh so we got past we got mark and my wife and got john coming up so it's good so is Ruth coming? She's busy doing our children. That's what she does. So uh, can we extend our hands out? It's going to pray. Um, God's grace. and I need a microphone for Mark. One, two. Okay. Good, good. Okay. Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you, Father God, for his amazing servants, your children. The Davises, Father God. Father, thank you, Lord, for the deposit they have left here, which is a life-changing deposit, God. That we'll all never be the same, Father. They gave us and showed us, me and Miss Donald, the definition of what family really is, God. Yes. And Father, I thank you that you opened the door for them, Lord, to get ahead and minister to their family and the family business they have and um, those who they need to minister in Goldsboro, Lord, God. Yes. I thank you, Lord God, wherever they go, Father God, they're lights. Wherever they go, they're starters, God. They will start a new work that has never been no work, God. And I thank you, Lord God, they can come anywhere and start and hundreds of people will show up, God. So I ask you to bless them, Lord God. Encourage them in this move. We thank you right now for a quick house sale, God. We thank you for a smooth transition, nothing broken, nothing missing, God. And Lord, I just pray blessings over them, Lord. And thank you, Lord God, for the deposit they have left in our hearts. In our minds and our souls, God. I thank you, Lord God. They just didn't come to do church. They were the church for us, God. And I thank you, Lord God, for that, for that tenacity. I thank you, Lord. They did everything out of the love of you, God. And, Father, there was nothing that they didn't do out of your love. And we thank you, Father God. Bless them in this next season, Father. Promote them in this next season, God. We just thank you right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Go ahead, Mark.
1: Father, I also heard this as, as pastor was praying. I heard the word equipped. Yes. As well as equipping, mm-hmm. You've done both since you've been here. You have allowed the Lord to equip both of you in areas where you even saw struggles and you saw weakness. But now you look back at those areas of, in both y'all's lives and you say, now we are equipped. Yes. We have the weapons that it takes to walk this out. Yes. And to be the mighty warriors. God has called you to be. Yes. Not only that, but God also says you too have equipped others in this body. You can look out here and see the people in front of you that you can say, this one and that one and that one. Yes. They're all in this body right here that you too have touched, reached out to, have uh, in some ways fathered and mothered them in ways where they needed it. And so, Father, we bless you for these gifts. Yes, God. And we bless you for these two that are a gift. That we're sending to the next body of Christ. Yes, Lord. Where they will walk in and they will walk up to the leaders and the pastor of that church and say, We're here to yes, serve. God. Yes, Lord. The church we left equipped us. The church we just came from discipled us. Yes, and God. And brought into us a, yes, a strength and a willingness. Yes, God. To walk in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And that church will be a better church because you too and your family are going to walk into that church. Yes, Lord. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, our hearts go with them. Mm -hmm. We're losing a family that is precious to us, that meant the world to us, and that we've seen grow in ways that we cannot even imagine or count. But, Lord Jesus, we know your will be done. Yes, Lord. And we believe that here on earth as we do in heaven. Yes, God. And, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. This is not the last time we're going to see you guys. We yes, know Lord. That. Yes, we God. We know that. You two are too much a big part of this family for this to be the last time that we, we touch and see each other. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, in Jesus' name, give them safety. Give them your guidance, Thank your you, comfort, Lord. and your peace. Because, Lord Jesus, those are what you are made of. Thank you, Lord. And that's what these two are made of. And that's what they brought to this church. So Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We honor you today as we honor this family. Thank you, Lord. Thank
0: Amen. All righty. Yeah, hon. Want to pray? Yeah.
2: Father, God, we give you praise. You only give us the best gifts. Lord. Yes, God. And so, Father, when you sent this family here, you sent them here as a blessing to this body of Christ. And we thank you so dearly. But Lord God, now you've called them to go back to North Carolina. Oh, and Heavenly Lord. Father, I thank you that you have prepared the way for them, Lord Yes, God. Lord. Father, I thank you that you have opened doors for them, and no man will thank be you, able Lord. to shut those doors. Thank Lord. you, Lord. I, I thank you, Heavenly Father, that they will walk through those doors with the boldness and the courage that you have placed in their spirit, knowing that they are doing what you have called them to do, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Father, you say the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they will continue to walk the righteous path, Lord God, and Father, that they will never be drawn off your path. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, I thank you that they are going back as ministers of the gospel, Lord. Yes, God. God. Ministers to the community, ministers to the family, Lord. Yes, God. Lord. Ministers to, to their workplaces, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that when they come, the life of the Lord has come. Yes, Lord, God. Thank, you, thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that they. Yes, Lord. And, Father, everything that you call them to do, I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have more than equipped them to carry it out, Lord. Yes, God. I thank you, Lord God, that you are providing for them, even right now, in the name of Jesus, Yes, Lord, Lord. God. Father, I thank you that none of their needs will go unmet, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have a place for them, Lord. Yes, God. You have prepared a place for mm-hmm. them. And I pray, Lord God, that they will sit at that place, Lord. And just enjoy what you've done in their lives, Lord Lord God. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that this is the last move for them, Lord God. Yes, God. I pray, Lord, that this is where you have for them, Lord. Yes. Father, let their roots go very deep, Lord God. Father, because as their roots grow deep, they will... Stand tall, Lord God. Yes. Everything that is tall goes down deep. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, let their roots go deep here, and Father, let them stand tall for you. Let the glory of the Lord shine through them in all that they do. Father, we know that there are trials and tribulations, but greater is He who is in this couple, and walk that out here, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, Heavenly Father, for every person that they have ministered to here, every heart that they have touched, every life that they have blessed. I pray, Lord God, that the seeds that they have planted, Lord God, will be watered and you will get the increase, Lord yes, God. God. It was for you, Lord, that it was done. It was only for you, Lord God. And so, Father God, we give you praise for that. We thank you for them. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. Amen. Father, everything that was spoken, God, thank you, Lord. Everything that was spoken, we seal it right now by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 alrighty alrighty thanks you guys everyone take a seat for a minute come on I'm gonna get you out of here I'm sorry it's been an in and out day spent the last three weeks with some people who uh, just made a a decision today to commit their uh, life and their Talent and their time to Grace Point Church, and I'm gonna just have them stand right now so we can recognize them. Those who place membership today, come on, give a little hand and clap. So, and we're gonna, um, guys, can sit. They told me I'm doing what they told me to do, but they they're amazing. Now, let's all stand. In fact, don't, don't do anything. My mind is going so fast. Actually, I should have wrote everything down. If you're a military dependent, um, military um, active duty, retired, after service, if you can give me five minutes of your time, we have something special we're going to do on the 18th of May. Pa- uh, Pastor. <laughs> Michael Bob Starr. Colonel Michael Bob Starr is going to share the gospel with us, share on, on May 18th. It's called um, Have Lunch with a Hero. We're going to recognize our military and also our, uh, our Abilene Police Department and our special responders with a lunch, with the time of service, with a lunch, a picnic right after service. Uh, for our kids, we're going to have jumpy houses. We're going to have a lot of things going on that day. Lunch for everybody. I want everyone to come to have lunch with our heroes. Okay? It's not just for them. It's for all of us to eat. So we're going to have a great time. May 18th, you'll hear more about it. It's called Lunch with a Hero. It starts at 10.30, and we start our lunch at 12. It's free. So if you college students, I'm sorry y'all left, but you can stick around another two weeks if you want to. It's free. But uh, really, come out, and we're going to just honor uh um, Dias personnel and also our Abilene Police Department. We extended it this year because those are our heroes and our fire department. Thank you. Thank you, honey. So we want to honor them. We got, we got some special things coming up, so um, we want to do that. And now, why don't we all stand again? If you're military, any affiliate, come see me after service. I'll be out in the hallway. I'll tell you where you need to go. Um, so, I want everybody to repeat after me: In Christ, in Christ I'm, chosen. I'm chosen. In Christ, in Christ I'm, loved. I'm loved. In Christ, in Christ I'm, acceptable. I'm acceptable. In Christ. I'm adopted, I'm adopted in Christ. In Christ. I'm, fantastic I'm fantastic in Christ. In Christ. I'm, holy and I'm holy and blameless. Father, I give you praise. I give you the honor. I give you, I give you, all, glory. I give you all glory. Come on, give the Lord some glory this morning. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have, as we release, I'm going to have D, <laughs> to pray us out. She's going to pray a special prayer of you. I'm, I'm serious about this book, Ephesians. It will set you free. In Christ, say it together. In Christ, in Christ. Not, guilty. Not,
2: guilty.
0: Not, guilty. not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. In Christ, in Christ. I am, free. I am free. Who free. Who the Son has set free
3: is free in what? Free and what? Free, Free and what? Father, we just bless you today and thank you for the wonderful word that has come forth. We thank you, Lord God, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we are the head and we are not the tail. We are above and we are not beneath. You have created us in your image, Lord God, redeemed us from the curse of the law. You took our feet out of the miry clay and set us upon a rock. And today, Lord God, we just want to give you glory and honor and praise for the great God that you are. We want to give you the glory, Lord. Today, we choose to enjoy you. lord we choose life today lord god we choose hope today we choose peace today we choose to be the people you called us to be we make up our minds lord god that we are seated together with you in heavenly places in christ jesus and from that place we will live our lives i thank you lord god that you've given us life and health and all things that pertain to godliness And I declare with this body that no weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper. I declare that every thought and intent of their hearts is set on you, and that whatever the enemy is speaking to their life, Lord God, the word of God will challenge everything that they hear. I thank you, Lord God for every good gift and every perfect gift that you love to lavish on your people. I pray blessings on this week. I pray blessings on families. I pray blessings on finances. I pray blessings going in and coming out in the name of Jesus. You be lifted up this week, Lord, as we enjoy you and you enjoy us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. 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 You're dismissed.